and welcome to Texas State Choirs Today. We're coming to you from the historic Fire Station studio at Texas State University. I'm your host, Jonathan Babcock. Our guest today is Mr. Tim Henderson, choir director at Yelm High School in Washington State, and is visiting Texas State today to work with our music education students. Welcome to the program, Tim. Glad to be here. Uh, it's it's exciting to have you here. Uh, today it's very rainy and cold. This is not typical for Texas. It's but just fine for me. It, it just reminds me of home basically this time of year. So, Well, maybe we'll blame it on you. That's then. right. I brought the, it with you me. You brought it with you. That's ex- exactly what it is. We start each one of our podcasts with uh, talking about your college experience. Sure. Most of our listeners are undergraduates. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear about what your experience was as an undergraduate. Where did you do your undergraduate? Uh, well, I, several different places, actually. Um, right out of high school, I did, had no clue what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew um, I love music. I knew I love sports. So my original plan was actually to go um, and play uh, community college football at a, lo- at, a, at a location really close to where I grew up. Um, unfortunately, they dropped their program that, that year. That was the last um, community college football in the state of Washington. Um, otherwise, I would have had to come all the way down to, to California or Texas to do something like that. Um, so my original plan was actually to stay involved with, with uh, football. So I started coaching because my thought was, okay, maybe I'll do that later on in college. I'll go walk on somewhere. So I, I started coaching at the actually at the high school I went to and then auditioned for um, the vocal jazz group um, Freeform at Columbia Basin College um, and made the ensemble. So that's actually started my journey within um, music educa- or music at the collegiate level. Um, I, 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 at that point in my, in my development as a singer slash musician, I could pick up parts really well. I couldn't read music at all. And um, really just was prepared enough to make the group. Um, and the uh, director, Dave Kazare, gave me a shot. And uh, so that's when I started my journey of, of uh, going through college, uh, being someone who's dyslexic. I, I had a hard time reading um, and understanding what I, what I read. So um, community college was a perfect spot for me. I could, I could learn how to cope with the speed of things and the um, level of of information I had to get through, really, you know, at a, at the pace I could go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started uh, coaching football and and taking you know my classes and singing and and really going. Okay, I'm I'm two months into this coach and I really like this, and um, I think I want to become a teacher. But at that point in time, you know, most you don't see music teachers and football coaches. Um, because often. of just the time commitment necessary for um, football and for music, um, so I was I was t- bouncing around. What do I want to do? What do I want to do? Okay, well, PE, yeah, I could do that, or I could keep going with this music career that that I'm really starting to love, and I'm starting to understand what I'm seeing on the page, and things are making sense. Um, and uh, so, so I basically got pulled aside about halfway through that first school year in college uh, by the band director at the time at the community college. And he said, look, you're passionate about both of these things. Choir, you don't have all the commitments in the fall that a band director does. You don't have marching band. You don't have pet band things. You can do teach choir and coach at the same time. And at that point, that's what got me on my journey and says, hey, you can do this go for it. So I, I kept, um, I, I stayed at the community college for three years because that second year I started my music theory classes 
And I, I really wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing in that area before I transferred to university. So I spent three years total at the community college level, spaced out my classes so it wasn't such a hardship on my with my learning disability, and really became a leader within the ensemble, continued to coach, developing that skill of working with, with teenagers, um, and then graduated uh, three years later with, or at the end of the third year with my associates of arts degree um, and transferred up to Eastern Washington University where at the time, um, Dr. Brinkmeyer, who's here now at Texas State, was mm-hmm. the dean of the music department. Um, so that was my first opportunity to get to, to, to meet uh, Dr. B That's as, where as her students. That's mm-hmm. where it all began with, with her. It's, it was a fun journey full of ups and downs and um, gosh, what am I doing moments, especially when you're in your music degree and you got all your classes, you, you know, your methods classes. And I don't know how it is in Texas, but at Eastern, you know, my, I had to take instrument, instrumental methods where I had to learn, you know, all the instruments mm-hmm. because in the state of Washington, we are certified K-12 all music. And then, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, I don't ever want to teach orchestra, I, but what happens if I get a job that is a band choir combo, you know, or orchestra choir combo? How are you going to deal with those things? So it's just put your nose to the, to the ground and go. And I always felt like those uh, classes are useful because for a choral musician, there's so much music that oh. requires strings. That, so at least you start to learn exactly. the language. Exactly. And, t- you know, talk yep. to a string player. Just talking about it sure. and talking about your journey, what was the what it, what was the thing that brought you to music? If, uh, originally, Carl. Um, well, my mother actually. She uh, growing up, she was always uh, uh, singing in church. Um, she was always. She had a, a band that she sang in um, that was a cover band that did a lot of the old music. And so I, I grew up watching her perform. Um, and, uh, when I got to, to middle school, you know, at the end of elementary school, that's, you have band, um, that you can start playing in. They didn't have, I didn't have a children's chorus or anything like that in the area that I grew up in. Um, so I started playing the trumpet and got through middle school. I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I, I was good at it, but it just wasn't anything that I wanted to keep pursuing because I was, I was so involved in sports and stuff too. It's like, where's the balance between the two? Um, so when I got into high school, my my mother, knowing my my learning disability, she goes, I don't care if you're doing band or not. You're still involved in music. I signed you up for choir. <laughs> I was like, Mom, what? <laughs> so I so I show up, you know, day one, and I'm just kind of feeling it out. And then within a couple of days, I was hooked. You know, it just the 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 fact of growing up watching it and doing it. And I'm not gonna lie, there was uh, a lot of cute girls in the class at that point in time too. So for a young teenage boy, um, it, it was it was an easy transition from band to choir. And then I started having fun and I started meeting new people. And then I, you know, at, at that point I had met my high school sweetheart early on and you know, all the way through, through choir. Um, lo and behold, later as I go in life, I actually marry a band person. <laughs> so, okay. so it's like, how did it kind of came full circle? Started in band, moved to choir, and then, and uh, yeah, I married a a band. She played the flute, which was interesting because I loved playing the flute in college. That was your instrument. That was yeah. that. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I love this. Um, yeah, it, it uh, fun journey, but but it started with my mom. 
That's so many people I talk yeah. to. That's the answer. Yeah. Mom started me on mom piano started. lessons. Yep. Mom had me get to choir. Thank goodness for our mom. Absolutely. Uh, would you, you're, like I said, you are teaching at Yelm High School. Yes. Tell us about the program there. What's what's going on there? In oh, my school? gosh. Um, Yelm High School. So Yelm, if, if you're not familiar with Washington State, Yelm sits in the prairie um, below Mount Rainier. Uh, it's a community of about 5,000 people. Um, but it is a, in the state of Washington, a 3A high school. We, we go designation up to 4A. 4A is the largest we have, which is, it can be anywhere from, um, 3000 students down to, I think, um, 1800 that's classified as 4A. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're 3A high school. We have about 1700 students in the school. We cover 90 square miles. So we have students that are on a bus for about an hour in the morning to get to school. Wow. Because we're a That's... rural community. Mm -hmm. um, there are, uh, at this point in time, there's 200 students in choir. I have uh, five ensembles, well, four ensembles. I split my, my beginning treble ensemble women's cl uh, class into two. So it's just more manageable people-wise. Sure. Um, How many is in the whole ensemble? In the whole ensemble, there are about 80. Okay. So, so that's huge. Uh, and then I have a um, select ensemble of women. So, I, so they're typically my, my better sophomores and juniors that are as equal ability of my uh, mixed ensemble women. But because of just number cap based on the number of guys that are ability level wise that can sing in that mixed ensemble, um, I bring them down into the select women's ensemble. To me, they're the same ability level of my top end women. It's just, I don't have the room for them in here. So I've created that select women's ensemble. So I have a beginning yes. women's ensemble, a select women's ensemble, um, my mixed ensemble, which has uh, 50 singers in it this year. Uh, every year it's gotten more and more and more. Um, and then I have a beginning men's ensemble of, of about 40 singers this year. You've mentioned several times your uh, teaching in Shanghai. Yep. How how did that happen? How do you get from Washington? How do to I get Shanghai? from Washington to Shanghai? That's a great. Uh, it's actually a really fun story. I, I, I found myself at the end of my seventh year teaching at at Kennewick High School, going. My program's built. I'm teaching five choirs a day. I'm starting to get burnt out, but the students are knowing what I'm going to say before I even say it because I've now had them, you know, forever. And I didn't have to go out and recruit anymore. Kids were just signing up because the quality had gotten better and better. Um, and my wife, you know, she's from Montesano, Washington, which is where we close to where we currently live on on the western side of the mountains. And uh, she wanted to move closer to home, or she at least it was looking for to get out of the dry desert area uh, that we had we we're living in in the Tri Cities. Um, so I popped on to uh, WMEA, Washington Music Education Association website, and, and they have a job board on there. And, and I'm scrolling down, and, and nothing really grabs my attention. But then all of a sudden, I see one at the bottom that says, Shanghai, music teacher wanted Shanghai, China, British International School. So I shoot my wife an a, a email. I said, hey, there's this, this job in Shanghai, China. What do you think? And she goes, ha, 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 you're funny, was her response. Um, well, I had a, a friend, his name is Russell Seaton. Um, he moved to Shanghai or come to find out, moved to Shanghai the year before. And it was um, his sister school across town that was looking for another teacher. So I, I didn't know that. I shot him an email. I said, hey, do you know anything about this job? And his response was, as a matter of fact, I do. 
this is my sister's school across town. Here's the contract. Here's the perks. Here's all this. So I forwarded that to my wife and three hours later, she goes apply. So talk to us a little bit about music education in China and how it's the same and different oh, to the United gosh. States. All right. So, um, British international curriculum or British curriculum, um, they and before you go too cur- far, could, sure. you, could could you just explain British curriculum British, and what what British what national exactly curriculum? Basically, um, they have a nationalized curriculum that that all um, doesn't matter what school you go to. This is the curriculum you will use. Hmm. Um, these are the, what you have to teach um, um, in uh, high school. Um, they're called the GCSEs, General Certific- Certificate of Secondary education basically um and then you have everything's broken down into stages you have you have um, key stage one key stage two key stage three key stage four gcse and then what's known as a levels beyond that Uh, so um kindergarten in in the uk is known as year one so year 13 was what we would know as 12th grade here in the united states um they start school actually before kindergarten, where it's called pre-nursery nursery. So when we got to Shanghai, my daughters who are four started school. They started uh, nursery. And then my son, who was a year and a half, went a couple days a week to, to um, pre-nursery. Um, so he was getting in, um, involved in, in routine of school and things like that. Um, when my daughters moved back because of the, all their time they're already in, they were ahead of where they would have started in the United States. So all, with the British curriculum, key stage one and before, actually nursery, all the way up to key stage three, um, every single student takes music, art, and drama. Wow, all three. All three, every single student. And and that is to make sure that, that they're developing the skills necessary um, for life, I mean, the, the the skills of drama, of of feeling comfortable being yourself on stage in front of people. I mean, that's a scary skill for a lot of people, you know. So all the way through, basically, what we know as middle school, they have drama, art, and music, one day a week. And what did you find were the benefits comparing, again, between U.S. and China? What was the benefit that you saw there? Or the benefit, man, I tell you what, with when I think of where where in the United States, we start we start um, focusing music wise, especially middle school, where you're going to have it, you know, several days a week. Um, You're you're able to refine and grow musically really fast. Um, but you lose other aspects of, of development by taking away the other arts that, that, um, may help you develop a skill you didn't know you had. Um, so you, so with, with the one day a week portion of seeing every single student in the school, um, you had to learn this. So for me, I had to learn how to teach reading of music in one day a week. I had to be able to teach composition and performance in those one day a week. So, so how do you get them to understand fast? So that's when I I separated the skill of pitch reading and, and rhythm reading. Rhythms came first. Makes it, sense. It's 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 that's the harder one to to grasp because of how complex rhythms can be. Because um, when we're reading music, you're reading duration of time and pitch. 
extract one of them, get them very proficient at that. Um, so coming from the United States, I was teaching choir. There I was teaching general music. And choir was a after-school activity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a sport. Mm-hmm. We'd meet a couple times a week and you'd, you'd perform, uh, you know, a couple concerts a year. So t- getting them to teach or the, giving them the ability to learn how to read those rhythms. And then all of a sudden when they applied that to um, percussion or they applied that to um, mallet, you know, xylophone stuff, they mm-hmm. were able to pick things up much faster. Um, so when they, um, back moving back to structure of, of education, when they get done with middle school, they move into their GCSE programs So they've had a well-rounded education all the way up to that point in time, all subjects. Then they choose the seven subjects they want to study for two years. So they come in at what we know as freshmen. um, And these are their two, these are their subjects they will study for two years. They have to have English, obviously. They have to have math, obviously. Um, They have to have history, but then they can choose music to study. They can choose drama to study. They could choose art to study as one of their things, or they can choose all those. Um, and that's what they focus on for two years. Uh, with GCSE music, it was performance, composition, um, and history all encompassed in that. So they so they had to really, what I consider how our colleges are set up, all these classes you, you take for music. But they were doing that at soft, freshman, sophomore year. At the end of their sophomore year, they take a test. Um, and when they're done with that test, they're technically done with high school okay. after their sophomore year. Um, and that's when they move on to what's known as their A-levels, which which I consider um, community college type level. They are doing the same thing. They choose the tracks that they want, the, the courses they want to, t- to take, and then they study for two more years, and then they take a test. The score that they receive on that test determines what universities they can attend. It's not a GPA. It's not an SAT or ACT. It is, here's your score. This is what you can now do. But for many of them, they've now been studying now for four years on these specific subjects. So that the average um, person that, that, that goes to university in the UK, they're done with university in two to three years because of all the time that they've spent doing these skills earlier. Um, you know, so compared to the United States, we have credits we get for our classes, and you your debt gets your GPA, and then you take your SAT, ACT, or whatever we did, and then your those two combinations determine where you can go to school. They don't. That's not how it worked in the UK. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge difference. It didn't matter if you failed your class or you passed your class; you still moved on. Now, uh, what I'm hearing is, pardon me, uh, uh, close to a debate of what we have here in the United States of, it sounds like they're making critical life decisions early on, very early, very early on, on, which yeah. is not a popular thought here sure. amongst educators. Sure. So what was the, were you able to glean anything from watching that? Um, I think by them making sure that they are developing their skills or they're like taking all the classes, all the subjects, all the way through middle school has helped them find where their strengths are and they say go pursue your strengths versus um, everyone's taking this 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 the United States you are all put into a box square square peg round hole 
force it in regardless. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, find a path, maybe it's a trade school, go do that for two years. Once you're done with high school, do that in your A-levels. Um, if you're, if you're a, a book person, go do that for your A-levels. Develop those skills um, then. You know, it, it, is one one better than the other? I don't think so. It, it, it depends on mindset. I would say that teaching within the British system may, has made me a better teacher, How not so? a better conductor. Okay. But yeah. I've applied those teaching skills within my conducting, you know, within my ensemble set to, to make sure that I, they are doing the work more than I'm doing the work, getting them to think critically about things, um, sharing with e each other things. Um, I stopped recording my ensembles when I came back from Shanghai. The only time I recorded them was at the concert and they did a reflection on it because I wanted to make sure that they were refining their listening skills and their musical skills within that ensemble rehearsal, constantly needing to adjust and adapt what they're hearing. So they're doing the work of critical listening within a rehearsal setting instead of relying on me for every detail. Um, so that was a shift for me when I, when I first came back um, from China, I started implementing at, at Yelm High School different thought processes to where last year's with, with my uh, top mixed ensemble, by the end of the year, they were so critical about every little detail. I find my I found myself going, uh, I can't say anything because they're taking care of everything. They're taking care of everything, and they they were so comfortable with one another in going through that process of constantly. Okay, what'd you hear? Tell the people around you what you heard. So they of of fine tuning their own hearing, but hearing it the same way as an ensemble. That whenever, you know, like a tenor, tenor section, they're, hey, tenors, we've missed this. We need to fix it. It wasn't coming from a place of I'm better than you. It was coming from a place of this is what we're all hearing. We need to make sure we fix this. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we're also dealing with a certain level of maturity. Correct. Here and building maturity Correct. that you can take that from a peer, that you can take Correct. criticism Correct. from a peer. Correct. Uh, uh, just out of curiosity, so let's say the tenor section leader is wrong. Um, then they have a discussion about it. Most of the time, because because as they've gone, it's guided with me mm -hmm. all the way through. Um, there's been very rare occasions where the tenor section has been wrong. But I also tell my students, if I have created within you a mindset where you might think differently about this section of music than I am, I have done my job because I've created a musical thinker. Exactly. Making musical decisions. Making musical himself. decisions. I said, if, if we have a conflict here, perfect. I've done my job because we're, we're not, as educators, especially at the high school level, we need to teach performance and critical thinking skills and, and mindset because there's no one way of doing music. It's fluid. It's an art. That's why it's an art form. I mean, well, absolutely. And I, and you know, as we go, one of the things I've I have taught my students and I've taught my ensembles. I and I, I imagine at some point you'll agree with me that an, an ensemble cannot be a democracy. No, no, no. It's a dictatorship. Yeah, ultimately, exactly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So how do you balance? How do you balance that? How do you that? say, okay, we're not doing that right now. We're um, going to do. Yeah, I, I'm, that's I'm very that's 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 the process where I'm actually at right now, and is learning how to 
handle that because it's the monster I've created. How mm. do you how do you rein it back in? And it's and it's one of those where where I say I say we have to have one mindset here. This is the mindset we're taking. Keep thinking the way you are because I oftentimes will say, all right, give me a suggestion how we want to phrase this. Okay, good. Let's shape it. Let's let's do that. Let's apply that. Okay, next. What's your idea? Okay, let's I shape so. this. Yeah, your your directive. It's directive Correct. learning and taking taking them, leading them Correct. to that rather than just a big Correct. Open you know, I'm to a point with with my my top ensemble where I can say, I'm not telling you the shape I want. Shape it. And all of a sudden, they're listening to one another and they're making music without me doing anything. You're handing the responsibility I'm, correct, over to them. Correct. Yep. So it, I mean that that's that that mindset that I never would have done that early on in my teaching. Sure. It would have been this is what we're doing. Just follow me. You know. But and you know we do that because that's what we know. Correct. We that's what we saw other correct. people do. Correct. So to to take on a new mindset. That's, correct. That's it's hard. That's I mean hard. that was. But again, had I not had I not gone to 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 Shanghai to work at that British school where the mindset, I mean, my evaluations were not what I'm doing. They never once watched me when I was teaching. It was always about what the students are doing. That, and that is a totally different mindset. Totally different from, mindset. From anything. There's, yeah. an, there's an article or a book in there somewhere. You, you need to flesh that out <laughs> a little bit because what a huge topic. Oh, it's, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it was it was one of those if if you are doing eighty percent of the work they're only doing twenty but if you're doing twenty percent of the work they're doing the eighty which means they're engaged they're focused they're doing what they need to do and you can be the guiding tool. This has been such a great conversation, Tim. I really, pre- I really appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing what you do the rest of your day here. <laughs> Thanks, Tim Henderson. Thank you. This has been Texas State Choirs Today. Our show's producer is Francis Nieves. Ian Flores is our technical engineer, and Mark Erickson is our media consultant. Thank you for listening today, and keep singing.